Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. We find ourselves on the other side of baptism celebration here and leading up to Vision Sunday. In the two weeks leading up to Vision Sunday will be a part one and a part two titled In Me. That God would be in me, but that he would have full control in me. If you've seen the movie Inside Out from Disney, there is these characters that represent the emotions, and the movie is called Inside Out. And each character is joy, sadness, fear, disgust, and anger. Now, us being human beings, when we get God in us, I wish it was just as easy as that. Pete Scazzaro is famous for saying that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, but we still got grandpa in our bones. And that's gonna take a lifetime to decide what we're gonna keep of grandpa and what we need to lay at the cross of grandpa. Now, figuratively speaking, grandpa could be literal, but for us, what it means is is our upbringing, generationally even, and the things we've experienced in our life, that could be a capital T trauma, something that was very intense traumatically in an event that leaves an open wound or a scar that we hide, that we haven't visited in a while, or the death by a thousand paper cuts, the lowercase t's of trauma. And they happen on repeat and repeat and repeat. And so at some level, there's a spectrum where Christianity is, hey, you got God in you, and you needed to speak by faith, go out, make disciples, tell the whole world that Jesus lives, and just keep about his business. But if you've been around for a little while and hung out with Jesus, it's not as easy as that because we are human beings that have real emotions, joy, anger, sadness, disgust, and a whole other slew of complex things. And for the next couple weeks, the charge or commission, if you will, is to begin, um, hopefully in our lives, maybe it'll be a continuation for many of us here, but some it just might be a start to receive the grace of God daily and be in a lifelong journey letting him in you and have full control in you as he unlocks what's inside of you, as he shows you more of who you are, but ultimately as you look to who he is. And there is this... um, Daunting reality, the longer you walk with God and you realize the holiness of God, the more you're going to see that we are unworthy. And it's even the smallest of sins are going to irk you and uh, wreck you. And then that shouldn't give us shame, but it should be praise and an exchange daily. And there's a book that we're going to pray that everybody in this church reads over the next year. Because who's here ever started a book and didn't finish it? All right, I have 14 on my shelf right now. I started to give myself grace in the spirit of this, be in touch with your feelings. If I don't like the book, I'm not finishing it. That's where I'm at. Now, I realize there's like suck it up, buttercup, and sometimes we're gonna, you know, finish. Uh, Whatever you start, you gotta finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've kind of proven some of that. There was a time in my life when I needed to know that. I don't know what season you're in. Maybe you need to finish one book, but maybe somebody else needs to hear that you can put all those books that you ate away and you can just stop it. It's okay. Like, who are we trying to impress? We want to take something and get the content in us because there's two types of intelligence. There's intellectual intelligence, IQ, and then there's emotional intelligence. And we need them both. This book is 
emotionally healthy spirituality. And I, we had the opportunity to meet the author one time. And I love how this, just the, the subtitle says, it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And if you are familiar with counseling, sometimes they'll refer you as maybe your little self. So I'll just put myself on blast like little Jerome. Maybe in moments of uh, conflict, there's the fight, flight, or freeze where little Jerome and what has happened to little Jerome and how he's processed things in his life. And I was one time talking to a pastor uh, or a, a counselor that counsels pastors in the middle of pandemic and and. And he says something to me and he goes, man, we, Jerome didn't get to grow up in one particular area because he had to experience stuff so fast. And just maybe on your sabbatical, go revisit some of those places and allow yourself to mature in some of those areas. And at first I wanted to fight, flight, or freeze and be like, you don't know me. But it, it wasn't any, it wasn't hard or heavy. It didn't mean that I wasn't worthy. It didn't mean that I, it was like, yo, that's actually a great thing for me to become more emotionally mature. So the picture on the top of this is the iceberg, right? So all of us here are like an iceberg. You can only see what we let others see, but what's really going on in me is on the deep inside spaces and places of us. Now, there is coping mechanisms. There's uh, what I've now recently learned is even the imposter syndrome is really big where you had to fit into whatever culture and you found yourself, you don't even know who you are maybe. And it's okay, we are with the greatest guide of all time. You know what Jesus said at the, and to his disciples when he said, go and make disciples of everywhere. Remember, I am with you always. He gives us the Holy Spirit to be a comforter, a counselor, and to deal with what's beneath the surface. But some of that is slowing down and being face-to-face -face with ourself and letting God do his work in me. I think you get it by now. These books are here for, if I could have uh, somebody help me pass these out, Devin, Justice, come here, let's do this. Pass these out to whoever wants some, and then you can, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, thanks. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Sometimes I wish that prayer said, I could pray it once and it's forever bread. Why is it a daily process? Why is it a daily exchange? Why does it seem so hard when we wake up again? It's because every day is another opportunity to let go of our flesh and let in God and let the Spirit have full reign and control, and we don't have to play the game. God already knows everything that's going on inside of us. And I raised my voice to hopefully prove a point to say, don't believe a lie that God doesn't want to move in to where it might hurt most. Now, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. The old's passed away and see, the new has come. Amen, that's true. But the grandpa in our bones takes time. That's sanctification. That's the glory to glory. That means no, no matter where God has you, it's to develop you. I promise you that. There's so many times I wished I was in a different season, but hindsight is 2020, and it allows us to look back and be like, mm, I was there for a reason, and the reason is what I could become. I wish I would have let God do his work in me instead of asking him the whole time, would you exit me? 
I don't want to cook. I don't want, you know, and you think of evangelism. So Easter Sunday or even baptism, you know, this idea of cast the net and then there's a catch, but there's a cooking and the cleaning process. And you've heard it many times if you've been here for a while. It's that the soul work is the slow work. Now, Crystal made some caldo this week and it was cooked slow. So it was amazing. And you can tell when stuff's cooked fast. I did see a video, and I'm going to dive into actually scripture here. And uh, I did see a video this week. If you microwave hard-boiled eggs, they just like blow up if you put a knife on it. I don't know, but who wants to eat microwave hard-boiled eggs, right? It's fast. It's too fast. It's too fast. It's too fast. And everybody's burnt their mouth on a hot pocket at some point in life. Don't believe that fast Christianity is the way. Easter Sunday in a helicopter and eggs coming down, that's, it's, it's, it's not the full picture. Baptism, celebration, beautiful, new creation, public, not the full picture. It's those moments that are hard and heavy and when they're lonely and then though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, remember he is with me always. Matthew 3, this is right after Jesus gets baptized. A fitting passage for us because we had baptism last week. And I love how the NIV puts it. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. Imagine if you didn't know the other side of the story for a moment, okay? So lean into the cinematic, Jesus being baptized, heaven being opened. What is gonna happen next? Surely, Jesus is about to do some crazy miracles. Surely he's going to start like walking on water. Surely the son of God is about to get to achievement because that's why he's here is to do, to complete the task. But what is said by the spirit of God descending on like a dove and lighting on him. This is so powerful. A voice from heaven said this. This is My son, with whom I love, with him I am well pleased. What has Jesus done up to this point? Not what we know him as. Not the resurrected king. Not the one who ascended. Not the one who performed signs and wonders. But the one who just simply was, the I am. And parents in the room, you know this. It's really neat when your kids accomplish something, but in no way, shape, or form do you want your children to think that it's transactional, that they have to accomplish something in order for them to know they have value and worth. But play that out in our own life. Don't we feel the pressure all the time to do, to hear, or to have, to have worth? Well, if we're a new creation in Jesus Christ, and if God, the Father, talks about his son, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. So when we are in Christ, how does God talk about us? This is why here at City Life we say, you are loved. And if we get that in us, it changes everything. I know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, get that in us. That I am loved by God.
because of Jesus. I am clothed in Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives where? In me. This is why following Jesus sometimes can feel like a war because our flesh is at war with Christ in us. And if you find yourself doubting or wrestling or going through some struggles, then that is not a sign that is bad. That is a sign of potential success, that there's real conviction going on. But don't take it as condemnation to shame us or to go hide. That's the lie all the way back to the garden. It's to say when we made a mistake, maybe you've heard it where uh, in religion, by definition, just means a, a set of values or traditions or rules that we would uphold. And by, by definition, it's not bad, but how we've picked it up in our culture is a set of rules or traditions in order to meet God. So, so just to use it in that context for a moment, that religion says when I've messed up, I better go get cleaned up, then call dad. And relationship with God says, I've messed up. I better call dad. Because he's the only one that can help us. Now, I have a short fuse. I'm not God almighty. But when our kids mess up, I, I have like two seconds. I'm like, tell me what happened. No, it's safe space. Tell me what happened. All right, tell me what happened. Tell me what now. Because I depend on what happened, I can help them the most. Not hurt them, but help them. God can help you the most. Yes, small groups will come up next month. Yes, Vision Sunday. And yes, the body of Christ here is beautiful. I I believe that City Life is the church that Jesus is gonna come back for first. We have a crazy prayer that when he returns, he's saying, oh, we gotta go to Lansing first. There's these people that believe that I really love them and they love the one in a way that reflects what the kingdom of heaven is like. They have not forgot their first love. I I believe that about the body here, but the other side is, I also know this about the body. There's nobody in this room that can solve the God-sized voids and holes that are in our heart. Only God can heal. Let him do his best work. So that book that we put out there was, it's a book to read slow over the next year or years, just like the Bible. And it's not above the Bible, but it is beautiful because he deals with some of the extremes that we pick up in Western culture and Western Christianity that I have to do, that I'm defined by what I have or what others say. And it is all a mirage. We are defined by God. So it's Christ who lives in me. So therefore I am, what, I'm, what am I? I'm God's beloved child. And I know this can be taken to extreme where we can be arrogant to the where, where we make it, you know, the worship songs that are all about in me, in me, look at me, do a work in me. But the other extreme is that it's all hollow and, it, and, and we can't ever talk to God about what is going on. And Maybe my background and what I've seen has influenced this, but I would also say pastoring. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have. At some point, at some time, every one of us will experience a storm. And it shows up in the hospital. It shows up at at dinner tables when marriages are in a crisis. It shows up in so many different spaces and places. And this isn't to like invite a storm. It's to say though that we have a God who can handle it. 
And if we're always just looking for something quick and a quick fix and just move on, discipleship is that I want to be disciplined, a trained learner, that even when I don't understand, I want to be vulnerable enough first with God and secondly to his people, and then to get some real counsel, let God emotionally mature me. And we are finite. We only see like dimly, right? And even, even if anytime I travel, I, I always experience different foods that I didn't know, different architectural styles that I didn't know, but also different languages. I only speak one language. And it's super sobering when you meet somebody that can speak multiple languages because they can connect with people at a way deeper level in way, many more places than I could. Now, there's no shame. I love blooming where I'm planted, heaven and Lansing, the 517 in the world. But what it tells me is it doesn't matter how much I learn intellectually. At some level, the, the emotional capacity in my life is gonna have a gap. And I want to constantly grow that so that my EQ is felt in people's lives. The empathy is felt. And this is why not all Bible... Um, Bible verses, they should be learned. They should be memorized. We, we, we need the scriptures in us. So hear that loud and clear. But there's certain times that scriptures are tone deaf when it's a real crisis. It's a scripture that we don't recite, but it's something we live. The shortest verse in the New Testament is Jesus wept. That doesn't mean when, when, when someone's grieving, you don't come to a funeral and you say, well, yeah, Jesus wept and so, 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 so. No, no, no. He wept. The God of the universe, he didn't preach in that moment. He wept. He was silent. He was still. He was able to read a room and he had the emotional intelligence for that moment. He wept. So after Jesus gets baptized and he then goes into the ultimate test, which is what we know as the wilderness, so in some ways, after the baptism was when his hardest, greatest war became. And I'm going to read it out of Matthew 4. And then we're going to watch three videos that could, uh, could trigger some of us in the room. Um, or it just might, it might give space for somebody to say it's okay because God saw what you went through. So I'll frame that in just a moment. But before we get there, let's look at... The following chapter, after Jesus is baptized, Matthew 4, verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, this doesn't seem like a good dad. I thought you just said you love your son. Now why are you letting your son go into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? Because if our Christianity is a glass house or if our Christianity is without temptation and without struggle and without real attack at some times, then we wouldn't need the full armor of God. It's a battle. There's a real war going on. Now, you and me, we're not the one over the serpent's head. Jesus has crushed. It's a fatal blow that the serpent, the, the effects of sin all the way back in Genesis is destroyed by the finished work on the cross that he rose and it is permanent and perfect. But it's not our power and our authority. And it doesn't mean that we won't have battles. It frames us to say battles will come, but I'm gonna trust Jesus in it and that he'll be teaching me in me. And it shifts from why God to what can you teach me? And it's, it, it, is, it is quite an art. It's not just a science. So on purpose, I'm not, there's no roadmap one, one for one in this room. Someone is in a storm and someone is celebrating. There's literally a birthday today, which is so cool. 
and they're gonna celebrate and eat cake later. But for somebody else, you're in the room and it's been maybe the hardest week of your life. But we look to Jesus and Jesus was led into the wilderness, verse two, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, this, this part of the scripture is always hilarious, um, he was hungry. Well, duh. <laughs> but it, that, po- that proves, though, that he's, we have a high priest that can sympathize with our weaknesses. He was fully man. That's why it's there. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Notice that Satan is using scripture to tempt Jesus, but Jesus is just going back to the truth of the scripture, but who he is. He doesn't have, he is the son of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle in the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said again, it is written. So he doesn't just have the Bible here. He's got the Bible here and knowing when to use it and how to use it. It's in him, getting the word in him, in him, in him, in me, in me, in me. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. That one always stops me because... I've tasted power and tasted success and I've tasted um, just like the spoils of war. And it's easier said than done to just say no. And think, well, there's no way. Nah, that's why it plays out time and time again. And then here's what he said to him. He said, all these things I will give to you and you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is a glimpse into Jesus's wilderness, his his, um, kind of his, they say games are won and lost in the off season. So this is a look into his off season when David was tending sheep and, It's when we're alone with God and the same principles play out to be true. When the devil tempts us in those moments, we can either let God be in us or start to then do mental gymnastics and grab on to this world, the flesh, hide, and sometimes even just medicate or go fast to alleviate the pain in the moment instead of inviting God in. And I don't have this figured out. I, I still need a worship song. I still need the scriptures. I still need great community daily, daily bread. So a couple of the videos we're gonna watch now would be more for illustrative purposes. There's a short film we're gonna watch and then two testimonies. And the goal of these is to think of in me for a moment, in us are some very traumatic situations. So this first uh, is inspired, this first video is inspired by um, true events. And you might relate with these events, but if you don't, I think you can see the parallel that it's, it's what traumatic event has been in your life as well. 
And then how do we respond? Do we let God in? And he's, and he's trying to help us. And then picture if we got cleaned up and now we're with Christ and in Christ and he's in me. I've, but at some level, the enemy has a way to take us back to what's happened and we need God in those moments. That's the testimony, the blood of the lamb. The emotional maturity to say, even though the enemy keeps throwing my past in front of me, that's not me. And let me now invite God into, God, what were you teaching me in that? And friends, that might take decades. Amen. Amen. Because day by day. But this is to, uh, in a very vivid way, communicate. These are the kind of settings that Christ wants to move into. And then we'll look at uh, a couple stories that help give us understanding of how followers of Jesus has processed some of their storms to let God in them. So this is moment. Did you steal the bag? Rest in this space for a minute. We'll see if it gets back up and running. We're running. We'll see. I got, I got some thumbs up. What's that? All right, computer's coming up. Well, while we're getting that loaded, you know, the devil's a liar, and this is, he didn't want you to hear this mess. <laughs> I mean, it could be true, but it also might just be, uh, but the timing is fascinating, you know? Um, that'd be good. I, I think this, this video's vivid enough to where it will handle this moment just, just fine. So I, I feel no pressure to just hanging out with you. Are we there? What's that? Yeah, I mean, anybody, don't be shy. Initiate. You can jump on stage if nobody knows, knows a clue. The only thing that would not be helpful now is if you know nothing and you tried to help. That would be the only thing. Because <laughs> that's always the worst. It's, more of a... it's what? Yeah, amen. <laughs> I love the commentary from the soundboard. <laughs> I just think about what are those online. Yeah, come on, get up for the tech team. We'll go back to preaching. I don't. I do see some little ones in the room. This this video is nothing bad, bad in it, but it's. I mean, we feel comfortable with our kids watching it, but it is intense. <laughs> yes. Did you steal the bag? No, I didn't steal the bag. No, I want you to tell me the truth. I didn't steal the bag. So then where did you get the bag? I picked it up on my way home from work. I told you this, from work? okay? Yes, from work. It doesn't look like a bag you pick up from work. It don't, what, what, what does it matter what it looks well, like? Don't Why? touch Why? my bag, Jack. Hey, give me the bag, kicked. Unbelievable. Look at you, Jack. Jack, look at you. Out of the car. You want me out of the car? Yes, out of the car, Kate. I don't see why you care. What does it mean? Because I love you. That's why. Okay. 
been free. I've been overdosed. And I don't want to go back there. I do not want to go back there. I do not want to lose you. What's in that bag is not going to help you. You know that. So we just get the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, let me just get the bag. Jack.
the worship team's going to come on stage, and we, uh, for the sake of time, we're not going to be playing the other two videos, uh, this one, but I recognize right now that it's like, okay, what's the point of that film? And that's the point of it, is it's meant to be interpreted. That's what art can do. And of course, there's literal moments in it, and it's inspired by true events, but yet in all of our life, we have these movies. They were not movies that you watch, it's stuff that you lived. And it's messy. And in this moment, of course, there's an element of, it brings out raw situations in our life when maybe the household was broken. Maybe it's still in a state of chaos and where someone you loved hurt you or you hurt somebody else. And I think if we, if we could just hang out with Paul and Peter and get glimpses of what maybe their, their night, their mind was like, I'm sure Paul felt intense regret and sorrow for persecuting and killing Christians. And that the gospel that he was new in Christ was true, but he had to get the, the, the emotion, the work to, to a place to where he could testify and preach, not on what he did, but what God did in him, but his emotional capacity was probably growing as he got older. And we, I do think, it, just to speculate for a moment, he has this one situation with uh, a follower, John Mark, and he lets the team down. Barnabas and him disagree over what they should do with John Mark. And Paul says he's not fit for the mission. He's let us down. Barnabas takes him. It's his cousin. They probably do some relational work. They hang out. Uh, Barnabas is, is encouraging and probably says, tell me more. He's probably like a counselor. Tell me your feelings. How'd you feel? And, and Paul is just... Did you let us down? Okay, we love people. The mission's worth everything. Let's go. But later in life, though, Paul writes that he's encouraged by John Mark. And as he got older, even Epaphroditus, and when the point of death, he has people that are, he's not only been used to encourage, but he's getting encouraged. And I think it's the emotional side. It's the iceberg beneath us. We don't know when life's going to hit either something that happened before how it's going to play out or something that's happening and we want to be people that have space to process to process like for real and a simple way of how this exercise plays out is I was thinking backstage <laughs> if someone was interviewing me how did you feel when the video wasn't working well there was a level one who cares but I was sad I was sad because I wanted it to work. And why did I want it to work? So we could be cool? No, I just know transitions matter and it helps people learn and grow. And so that was sad for that reason. But it didn't work. And you don't get to play the other two videos that was on schedule. But it, what's the point? I'm not defined by that. I am God's beloved child. That's what's in me. So at the end of the day, when no one knew me, God knew me. And when I'm not on stage one day, God will still know me. And is he enough for that? Or is it focused on what I can do or what I have or what others say? And anytime we live for any of those three areas, friends, it is the sinking sand. It is not on the rock. And life storms will hit in our root system 
we long here at City Life that they will grip in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. That though the world may all go astray, though many will walk on the wide path, we long to not just see big Sundays. We long to be on the narrow path with people. And we think that the invitation this year is to invite all of us into a longer process of what's going on in the iceberg beneath us. So we can't tie it with a bow, but what I found in my journey is worshiping and taking my eyes off of God, or off of myself and looking, putting my eyes on God, helps me exchange of what's going on on the inside out, right? And that's what I pray in this moment, as we worship, Whatever thoughts or emotions the Holy Spirit brought to the surface, whatever you're feeling in this moment, maybe there's bitterness or even an anger and there's a level of revenge and even unforgiveness that supernaturally, by the power of the Holy Spirit today, that God could bring restoration or just be with you in that moment as we worship and we ask God to change us from the inside out. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.